All right, so I want you to imagine that you're 11 or 12 years old. You're in a house or apartment sitting in front of a smaller TV. It's the middle of the night. Your parents are sleeping. It's Christmas morning, just barely. And in front of you is a game system. Doesn't matter what it is. N64, Amiga, Atari. It could have been an Xbox 360. Maybe it's a PlayStation 4. You go about setting it up, plugging it in, inserting the disc, and then you turn it on and you hear a sound, a very distinct sound. For me, it was this. And all of a sudden, that's it. A chord has been struck inside you, and you're still up till six playing any of a thousand launch titles. Maybe you're burning through a futuristic skyway at Mark II, or trying to save a princess. Hell, maybe you're exploring an alien world and trying to save humanity. You become what is known as a gamer. And that's a word that has become synonymous with Cheetos and Sprite and trash talking along with a tightly-knit community of men and women from all walks of life. We are maligned, judged, seen as weird and socially maladjusted products of the early 20th and 21st century. We itch to forge new paths and craft new worlds. And I wanted to try and portray that. Do some self-exploration, gauge the pulse of the greater population, see what it really means to wear the badge. And now, the demo reel. Although the history of video games stretches all the way back to the 1950s and the use of the electronic delay storage automatic calculator to allow for a game of knots and crosses, in my opinion, video game history really started in the 1980s with the release of Pac-Man in that period stretching up to 1990, the year I was born, when gaming technology was new and untested and every little advance was seen as a massive leap forward in terms of what could be done. My first exposure to gaming and personal console was the PS1 the smaller variant of the Sony PlayStation which came out in the year 2000. I had Roll Cage Stage 2, Crash Team Racing, and Chrono Cross, and those games pretty much set the stage for my entrance into the subculture we know and love. I remember the way my heart would pound to the rhythm of Technical Itch and Diamond Pollen and the skirling wine of Fusion Engines. I remember the sense of wonder that I got when I first saw the Dead Sea and Chrono Cross. But I want to get an idea of what the experience might have been like for other people. So, I talked to a friend of mine, a guy who I've known for almost 10 years, basically my brother from another mother. He always beats me at Halo. It's infuriating. My name's Norris Taylor. It's spelled N-O-R-R-I-S-T-A-Y-L-O-R. Alright, so imagine someone almost 7 feet tall. Big, imposing, thick eyebrows, but with a razor wit and a gaming ability second to none. Norris is a Washingtonian like me, and I've known him since the late point in my high school career. And he is most definitely a gamer. The way he tells it, he got drawn in at a young age, watching his father, a former Green Beret. I think I was five. Yeah, that's, that's, that's about right. I mean, it wasn't really my system. It, was my, it actually belonged to my father. And that's really how I got into the whole, into gaming at first. I would play with him and get my ass kicked in Mortal Kombat. 
you know that that was that was my first experience with gaming. I, I basically just played whatever whatever he, whatever it was he had to be playing. You know, I didn't really come into my own as a gamer until much later. When I was eight, I got a PlayStation One. Well, the original PlayStation, I should say. You know, the big blocky thing. But really, I'd say the beginning to becoming the gamer I am now was really when I was 12 and I got the PS2. And down the rabbit hole he went, playing Final Fantasy 9 and 10 and a bunch of other games besides. I asked him to give me a rundown of the systems he had. He's been quite busy. I think five-year-old Norris will be impressed. I've got, I've got quite a few. Let's see. I've still got a PS2. It's not the same one I got when I was 12. I also got an Xbox 360, a Wii, a PS3, a PSP, and a Nintendo DS. I tend to rotate mostly, but of them, the PS3 is the one I've played the most. You know, I describe I, I describe you as a casual hardcore gamer, which is a fusion of what's known as a casual gamer and what's known as a hardcore gamer. To understand a casual hardcore gamer, you must first understand a casual and a hardcore gamer. A casual gamer is basically some is basically just someone who who picks up a video game every now and again for the escapism, which is completely different from someone who who is a hardcore gamer like myself, who picks up the game sure maybe for the for the escapism, but primarily for the for the sense of accomplishment that they, that they may get in beating a game. Also, hardcore gamers tend to play at least, I'd say, pr probably 10, 15 hours a week, as opposed to a casual, which will play maybe an hour out of a month. Gaming started off as something you did in your living room with, with your friends. It's evolved into this thing where you can game with anyone with the proper hardware and, and connections on the, other, on the other side of the planet. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but when, when something becomes that far-reaching, well, suffice to say, there are, a lot, there, are, there are a lot more assholes in the multiplayer world than people I would actually want to play with. There are millions of stories like his and mine, and it's interesting how the tale has changed with the passage of time. More and more gamers are growing up with titles like Call of Duty and Destiny. Games that have a huge competitive multiplayer focus. And while neither of us are especially active online, I find that I've become drawn to multiplayer gaming from the spectator side. I've watched this genre of entertainment get bigger and bigger and gain greater viewership over the course of the last few years. And games like Dota 2, the Battlefield series, and StarCraft have seen some of the biggest games. For example, the International series, which started out in 2011 and took place this year, had a prize pool of over $18 million and was covered across the net and on ESPN. The Halo Championship series brings in teams from across the country, and watching these matches you can see the appeal. You've got announcers, the energy of the crowd watching every move. It's all digital. And this is what it sounds like. This is not a smart battle, but his teammate, the other members there of Evil Genius, has made the call out and they disposed of him easily. Now Snipedown's turn to shine, able to line up one headshot, maybe another in the front. Let's see if he pushes this. He is going to, but he's going to take his time with the push. There goes the player. Yet another headshot for the incredible one. It's Snipedown continuing to push forward here with his team. Yeah, both teams are still just trying to...